So St. Mark chapter 15. about uh, verse 17 so 15, chapter 15 verse 17 book of Mark and they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head and he began to, and began to salute him hail king of the Jews and they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him and bowing their knees worshipped him and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. And they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place of Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. When they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them what every man should take. And it was a, the third hour, and they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. We want to go back to... <clears throat> Verse 21, it says, And they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And so that's the thought we've got for you, is bear his cross. And... We live in a day and age, and I've got relatives myself that uh, just don't see a need for church. They'll tell you they're saved, they're ready to go, but they don't see a need for church. And I know that church membership does not equal a ticket <coughs> to heaven. <coughs> but it's like this and I hope that you'll bear with me for just a minute <coughs> Bobby I hope that you'll bear with me for just a minute <coughs> I know church membership won't take you to heaven by itself. But Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. He was speaking of the spiritual birth. and You cannot be born without a mother. And the mother in a spiritual birth is the church of the living God. And now... Let's just take a, a look. Let me give you a little scenario. And some of you ladies here tonight have had children of your own. Birthing the child was not the only thing you did. 
You did not birth that child and kick it out. You did not birth that child and never feed it, never nurture it, never cuddle it and hold it when it was hurt and crying, never see about it when it was injured and wounded, never teach it how to live and what to do to get by in this world. Birthing the child wasn't your only responsibility. Just seeing a sinner saved is not our only responsibility. And if you're here or if you're listening tonight, you need your mother. You need a church. You need some folks that love you and care about you. This world is a rough place. Nobody's going to care about you much on the job. Nobody's going to care about you much at the grocery store or at the Walmart. But there is a place you can go where you can be loved, and that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So I said that to say this. It makes a difference when you bear your cross. So here was the Simon, the Cyrenian. Notice he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't a Roman. He was a Cyrenian. And they compel him to carry the cross of a man that's about to be crucified, condemned by the Roman government and by the religious crowd. Because if you read carefully, it was Capius, the high priest, and the Pharisees that riled up the crowd to stay away with him and crucify him. And so they got a hold of this fellow and said, here, you carry his cross for him. You take this up the hill after him so that we can do away with him and crucify him so that we could put him to death and take care of this matter and be done with it once and for all. You carry this cross so that we can have this over with. I'm here to tell you folks, people didn't love Jesus. His family did, his followers did, his disciples did, but the world hated him. And we think we should be loved. And we think everybody should love us. I don't know about you, but it hurts me. And, and it just bothers me. There's something inside of me when I think somebody doesn't like me. When I think that they don't care for me. But the Bible says, marvel not if the world hateth you, for it hated me before it hated you. That's right. And so here is Simon. I don't know about Simon. Maybe he had... He might have heard Jesus preach at one time, or maybe he had never heard of the man. But they compel him to carry the cross. And maybe he felt like he kind of had to. And maybe he felt like that, <clears throat> that if he did this, he might do something to anger someone in authority, and he didn't want to have anybody turn against him. Let me tell you something. When you do something for the Lord, it goes against the flesh. When you do something for the Lord, you'll have to overcome that fear that's inside of you. That, you'll, that, that, that thing between your ears where Satan speaks that says no. You'll have to overcome that if you're going to do something for the Lord. Now listen, 
Pride has never done anything for the Lord. You'll never be able to accomplish anything. You'll never be able to be a blessing to somebody with pride. It takes a double heart to please the Lord and you have to go against this flesh. So we see Simon the Cyrenian as he knelt down and he picked up that big cross. I'd imagine it had to be pretty big because uh, from what I understand, Jesus was a man 33 years old and must have been of average height, I would say at least. And there he was. And they had to have a certain amount of, of that cross that would go down into the ground far enough to be sturdy enough to hold a man's weight. So it must have been a pretty big burden to carry that cross up a hill where they were going to crucify the Lord. Oh, let me tell you something. <coughs> Sometimes your cross may be hard to carry. Sometimes it may get heavy. But if you'll bear your cross, great things will happen. Can't you just see it? Following in the bloody footsteps. I believe they were bloody. I read to you where they spit on him. If you read over in Luke, the first verse of chapter 23, I believe it says they took Jesus and they scourged him, which means they took a whip with bits of rock and everything that you can think of that's sharp that they had in that day. And they took that and they lashed his back till the blood poured out and tore his flesh from his body. They beat him around the head with a reed. They pulled, plucked his whiskers. They bruised him. I'm here to tell you today, if, someone, if it was your loved one and you wouldn't let your children look at them, the sight that they laid our Savior in, the things that they did to our Savior, you wouldn't want your children to see. And I'm telling you today, I believe the blood was pouring down his back and he was still wounded as he walked up Calvary's hill and there was Simon following along with a heavy burden of the cross behind him and people spitting on him, no doubt. People smoking their breasts and looking at him and laughing and pointing and saying, look at that, he's going to die today. Oh, and Simon following every footstep in his way. I'm here to tell you today, it was an awful scene. And Simon no doubt wondered if he was even doing the right thing, carrying that cross. But I'm here to tell you today, I believe somewhere down the road, after they crucified Jesus, and no doubt he got it up there, and the soldiers took it away from him, and they threw it down in the hole after they nailed Jesus to it, and his body shook from the, from the weight of the cross, and he stood back and watched as people laughed at him, and they offered him vinegar, and the awful death that he died, and Simon took it all in, and I believe somewhere after Jesus said it is finished, I believe somewhere after he heard about Jesus arising on the third and appointed morning. I believe somewhere down the road, these two children that I mentioned to you, Rufus and Alexander, I believe they may not have even been born. I could just see them being little and him taking them up on his knee and saying, boys, let me tell you something that your daddy got to do. He was honored. He was privileged to carry the cross of the Savior when you bear your cross it makes a difference now I don't know if the Rufus and the Alexander we read about 
later in the New Testament are these same two men. But in my mind, I can see when Paul is over talking in the book of Romans, in the last chapter, he's talking about all the godly people that he knows. And he says, salute Rufus. And he says something in particular about Rufus. Call to the Lord or something of that nature. You reckon Rufus might have believed on the Lord because his daddy bore a cross? You reckon that might have had something to do with it? Because he heard old, old dad tell that story so many times about the honor that he got to carry Jesus' cross up Calvary's hill and the tears rolled down his face and the blessing that he got every time he took it. Oh, that might have had something to do with the dedication that Rufus had oh, toward the Lord that his dad would serve in such a manner. I'm here to tell you that Satan says we're not doing any good. He says we've wasted our time. But I read where the Bible said that the word of the Lord shall not return in vain. I'm here to tell you the Bible says over in, in Psalms that blessed is he that cometh forth bearing precious seed. Weeping, for he shall doubtless come again with joy, bringing his shoes with him. I'm here to tell you something. It makes a difference when you bear your cross for the Savior. Alexander, what about that other boy? Well, we read where at one point the silversmiths were upset with Paul because he had preached that there was one God. And they made their living from the trinkets and the statues and the things that they made. And it was just about... I guess you'd say in our modern terminology to cause them to go bankrupt because people were believing the preaching of Paul. When you bear your cross, it makes a difference. You know what? I'd like to, I'd like to make such a difference. <laughs> Satan says we can't make a difference, don't he? And even I've made the, attested to the fact that I've never seen our world in as bad a shape as it's ever been. We need to believe God's Word. You know what God's Word says? The effectual, fervent prayer of a... Meaning one. Righteous man availeth much. This Sunday, there'll be a lot of people gathered around TVs, and every time there's a commercial come on, there will be an advertisement for alcohol. They'll show people smiling. They'll show people happy. There'll never be an old person in the commercial. There'll never be one that's overweight or ugly or anything of that nature. It'll just be looking all wonderful and grand. Satan paints a pretty picture. But I'd like to bear my cross in such a way to Budweiser go bankrupt. I'd like 
to bear my cross in such a way as to, as to people would wonder, why on earth we'd ever buy that stuff? I've heard people argue and say, well, wine is in the Bible. Yes, it is. And read about the ruination that it made of the people who drank it. I read about Noah, how that his children were ashamed of his nakedness because of his drunkenness on wine and went in backward with a blanket and covered him up to cover up his shame. I read about Lot who drank wine and, and he conceived two children in incest because he got drunk. It's not what, that's, that stuff is not what we're supposed to be doing. Our covenant says we will, how about this, it's just, just good old missionary Baptist doctrine backed up by the King James Version Bible were to abstain from the sale of or use of alcohol as a beverage. I know. We're taught to be tolerant. We're taught to be understanding. But we have to have some principles somewhere, folks. We've got to stand on something. If we're so wishy-washy that everything's okay, why are we coming? Why are we here? There is one man, one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know where I learned that? I learned that under the preaching of an old-time preacher man that didn't care what he looked like. He didn't care how much he sweat. He didn't care if there was spittle coming out of his mouth. He just wanted to tell you that Jesus loved you and wanted to see you avoid hell and gain heaven. I learned that from a little Sunday school teacher that loved me so much that she had me on her mind when, we, when church was not going on. Can you imagine that? She prayed for me whenever she got down on her knees. She called out my name to the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, it makes a difference when you bear your cross. Sad, sad truth of it is. We've got one, two, almost three generations that don't know how good it feels to be a part of the church of the living God. They have never seen the real church. They may have sat in a sanctuary, but they've never seen the church in her first glory. They've never seen her rise up in a shout. They've never seen her when sinners were pouring down on the altar begging for salvation. I'm here to tell you today, our world needs the church. And the only way we're going to continue to have it is if we bear our cross. Let me preach you this verse. The Bible says, I believe it's over in James, every man shall bear his own burden. The Lord don't accept worth welfare recipients. If you want a payday from God, you're going to have to work for it. Well, preacher, I can't handle the shovel. He didn't ask you to. But surely to, surely to the Lord, your heart can be burdened to the point where you can carry a burden for a sinner. Amen. We've got some. Every service. 
how we need to be praying that God will come by and save. You know what that's part of? That's part of your burden. When you can't go to sleep at night because that sinner's on your heart, you're carrying a burden. Whenever you wake up, the first thing you think of is that sinner that's suffering and brokenhearted. That's part of carrying a burden. When you t- t- food don't taste right, we talk about COVID, lose our smell, lose our taste. I've not been able to eat a good meal before because my heart was so heavy for a sinner that needed salvation. We need to carry our burden. I'm afraid in this day and age that we've let fear get the best of us and we've laid our burden down. The silversmith got angry with Paul because they had lost so much business. So they picked up two of his men. Two men that traveled with him and worshipped with him. And let them down. And was going to do them harm. And there was one fella named Alexander that wanted to step up to their defense. Wonder why. What rationale would Alexander have to step out in front of some angry men and defend the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you think it might have been because he had a godly father that carried his burden? (laughs) That carried his cross? Do you think it might have been that he heard them old stories, and I'm afraid that's about got to be where I, that's all that it is. It's just a story because it's been so long since our people have seen the real church. And I can tell them just like you can too. I remember when I was a boy and seeing the church rise up in power and there'd be three and four sinners at a time coming. Be saved by the grace of God. I remember the church rejoicing. Tears in everybody's eyes. Shouts all over the house. Well, that was church. Preacher, we've got to be organized. We've got to have this. We've got to have that. We've got to have God. That's all we need. Bear your cross. The rich young ruler asked the Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you've heard the commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do not steal, do not kill. And he must have been a good young man. He said, well, all these have I kept from my youth up. Jesus had this response. Sell all the house and give to the poor. And we quit at that. We stop right there, don't we? And and preachers will talk about it. People will talk about that young man because he couldn't give up his money to the poor. That's not the only requirement Christ placed on him. He said, sell all thou hast to give to the poor and take up thy cross and follow me. One of the hardest things to do sometimes is just to follow him. 
That's a full-time job for this boy right here. Just to follow Jesus. Because His ways are not my ways. That's what He told me in His Word. He said His ways were higher than my ways. His thoughts were higher than my thoughts. It crosses this flesh. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. But if I'll go against this flesh, if I'll go against what Satan says is convenient and comfortable and bear my cross, Jesus will bless. You think Simon wanted to bear the cross in the footsteps of Jesus? But he did, didn't he? Some of the greatest blessings that I've ever had in life have been during times where the Lord told me to do something. And I doubted. Or I flesh tried to creep in the way. I've told both of these things before, I guess. When I was at Round Mountain, we had a visiting preacher come in. Did a good job. And when he got done, he said, I just, he said, rather than have a handshake, he said, I feel like somebody might have a testimony. And the little lady that passed away last night sat on the second pew on the left-hand side. And she stood up and she said, I have not prayed for this church like I should. I've not done the things that I should and I want you to forgive me. And then the service went on and testimonies began to flow. Tears started rolling down cheeks and I was leaned up against the wall over there listening and I thought, Lord, surely, I'm the pastor, surely you've got something that I need to say and I was just as blank as an erased blackboard. As blank as blank could be. And a few minutes later, a lady on this side, that lady's daughter stood up and she said, I've got a lot at stake. I've not done what I should have done and I want the church to forgive me. And the service kept rolling and I thought, Lord, are you ever going to let me in? Are you ever going to give me something to say? You know what? He'd never give me a word to say. But he pointed a little boy out that sat over there on that second pew and he said, go right over there and you ask that little boy if he wants to be saved. So I eased in. I sat right down beside of him. I put my arm around him. I called him by name and I said, would you like to be saved? He stepped all over my feet, tried to get out of the pew to get to the altar. I didn't have to say anything in front of the church. I said what the Lord wanted me to. I went against the flesh and Jesus saved. Young preacher, first revival, preacher, that stuff's not in the King James Version. If all the things that Jesus did were written down, in, were written down, the world couldn't contain the books. What did Paul tell everybody everywhere he went? Did he not tell them what happened to him personally on the road to Damascus? So that's what I'm relating to you right now. Young preacher, my first revival, there were three of us helping in the revival. And you, you ask these preachers, they can tell you, you kind of know when it's going to be your night. 
And I'd got out of it first night or two. And I kind of knew that if things went like they should go, the next night would be my night. Coming down the road, the Lord laid this scripture on my heart. God is not mocked. I thought, Lord, surely you don't want me to preach that at a revival meeting. This little church is doing all they know how to do. They're lifting up your name and they're praying. Surely you don't want that at a revival meeting. I carried that all the way home. I got ready for bed. I laid down and I wallowed that scripture all night long. I could not get it off of me. Went back to service the next night. And sure enough, when it came time for the preaching, both the preachers and the pastor sat there and shook their head. I couldn't have pried one of them off the seat if I'd have wanted to. And I did all I knew to do. I got up and read the scripture. God is not bought. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If he soweth of the flesh, he shall reap corruption. But if he soweth of the spirit, he shall reap life everlasting. And it wouldn't be because I was the smallest thing in that building that night. It wouldn't buy words. It was the words. How about this? It was the words that the Lord put in my mouth. Because I'm not smart enough to come up with them. But when I got done and I give an altar call, there was a boy that was almost 40 years old, had been in the church for a year, had his name on the roll book, came running to the altar and got saved because I went against the flesh and was willing to bear the cross for a little while. I'm here to tell, listen, I've not always done exactly what the Lord wanted me to, and you won't either. There'll be times that you'll want to lay it down. There'll be times that you'll get low. There'll be times that you'll get weak. But carry it anyway, because somebody's salvation is at stake. Alexander stood up to make a defense. And even Paul was going to go. And they asked him not to. And then the magistrate stood up. He said, these silversmiths, if they've got a problem with these men, they're not tearing down our statues. They're not destroying anything or doing any damage. If they got issue with these men, they need to take it to our court. Listen, the gospel was never meant to tire things up. It was never meant to cause argument or dispute. I have seen people so deep in doctrine that they couldn't get beyond that. They would rather argue about the Bible as to talk about the goodness of the Lord. We can't win that way. Sinners... Lose interest immediately when we argue and fuss and fight over the Word of God. The best thing we can do is bear our cross. Lift it up. Now let's go back to Simon for just a minute. A man who was not a Jew. A man who was not a Roman that I can read. Just an everyday ordinary. He would have not been even allowed in a tabernacle. Wouldn't even have been allowed in the church house at that time. They compelled him to bear the cross of Jesus. And he did, didn't he? 
What if he hadn't? What if he'd have said no? And the cross didn't make it to Calvary. What if he had said no? And Jesus wasn't crucified because Simon would not bear his cross. The things that go against this flesh are always in the will of God. I know there are people who wear the moniker of a Christian who know nothing about the Spirit. When you really want to do something for the Lord, there'll be a little bit of fear inside you. When you really want to please the Lord, and I can tell you this, I believe Johnny would agree with me. There's nothing I'd rather do when the good spirit and power of God comes by than to preach the word of God. But until it gets here, I dread it. Because I'm afraid that I'm not in the center of God's will. Maybe I didn't study the text He wanted me to. Maybe I didn't pray as much as I needed to. There's a dread and a fear in handling the Word of God. I've heard preachers say, I told them, shame on you if you did. You better just be the mouthpiece and keep your opinion out of it. It's not me that determines right from wrong. It's the righteous judge. And if I can preach it on the authority of God's Word with the Spirit and power of God, that's where I'll leave it, right? Now, there are things I don't like. But until God gives me the authority out of His Word to preach it, I can't preach that. I've had folks since I've been here, not a member here, but I've had folks since I've been here tell me what they thought I should preach. When I can read it out of God's Word and He lays it on my heart, I will. But if it's not in there, don't look for the words to come out of my mouth. You know what I... I don't know why I've got to say this, Marty. You know what? I, you were at my ordination. Preacher Mike Potter preached my ordination. His text to me. His charge to me. And if you don't know what the charge means, that means you're giving the minister instruction for the way he is to carry out his ministry. His text to me, your husband was a minister and preached for years. You know where I'm going with this. His text was preach the Word. That's all he left me with. So that's all I know to give you. It's the Word of God. I burden for you. I pray for you. I worry about our sinners. I worry about our church. That's all part of carrying the cross. Preacher, don't you ever get worried? Don't you ever get tired? <laughs> it's an honor to bear the cross for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
I don't know the men that work with Isaac, but he does. There may be one down there that's lost and don't know the Lord. I don't know But the Lord may lay that person on Isaac's heart to pray for him. Be a light and a witness for him. What are you going to do? We love our blessings, don't we? We love that scripture where David said, My cup overflowed. Not too long ago, I preached to you a message about what you needed to do if you wanted a blessing. Did you know you actually have to do something to get one? It's not a freebie. God don't just give them away. There's some things you've got to do to earn a blessing. But I have found this. And I'll be down here just a second. I've made mention of him several times. Leslie Griffin, Shorty Griffin. Preacher man, priest for years. I knew him when I was a boy. We'd go fishing on Saturdays. He put his arm up around me one day. That was a long time before I ever thought about being a preacher. He said, Mike, you just keep working for the Lord. And the Lord will bless you. I found that to be true. Yeah. I found out. I don't make minimum wage. If I'm willing to work, he pays me well. He pays me far more than I deserve. But if I'm not... You remember the story of the man sick of the palsy, I believe it was? One born of four, and they took him to the feet of Jesus, but they had trouble getting in the door, so they got up on the roof, they cut out part of the tiling on the roof and they lowered him down at Jesus' feet. Now, just to the men at this service tonight, I'd say there's not a one of us that's not touching probably about 200 pounds or more. That's a great big heavy load to get up over your shoulders, ain't it? To put up on top of the roof, even for four men. But somebody had to bear the load. Somebody had to bear the cross. Somebody had a desire in their heart to see this man get to Jesus. That's the kind of work I'm talking about putting in. They must have broken a sweat trying to get that man up on top of the roof. They must have put a strain on their muscles, their shoulders, and their arms trying to have enough resistance to lower him down slowly so that they didn't injure him when he touched the ground. They put real work and effort in to get this man to Jesus. If we bear our cross, it's going to take some work. Much more than what you or I either want have put in yet. But I'll promise you, it'll be well worth the reward. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but as the song says, I know who holds tomorrow. We can just look to the Lord. He'll see us through. Didn't get to have Bible school last year because of this virus. The one before that, I guess the Lord knew he needed to feed us well. We need to have some leftovers for a while. So the last Bible school we had, we had so many sinners on the altar 
There had to be at least nine or ten saved in that one service. Most I've ever seen. God knew I'd need some food. He knew I'd need something to, to tide me over. Now we've seen some saved since then. But I'll guarantee you if we put in the work, the Lord will come by when we have Bible school again and save again. He'll come by when we have revival again and save again. Why well, he might even come by here Sunday. He might even be here tonight and save if we just work for him. We're willing to bear our cross. Let me say this and then I'm going to close. We had youth Sunday this past Sunday and Sunday night. We had some kids doing some wonderful things. Ethan led song service Sunday morning. Laney taught the ladies class, I believe, Sunday morning. Had some kids doing some wonderful things. Sunday night we came back. Ethan was our bass player. Elena sung how great thou art. Real good spirit in Youngins, that's part of bearing your cross. Don't ever give up. Don't ever, and listen, I was in your shoes. Right here sits a fellow that knows me ever since I've been a boy. Right over here's another. When we started out singing, me and my sister and Cindy and Chandra Clark, Chandra was five years old, Keela and Cindy was seven, and I was probably about 11 or 12. We had some good saints of God that encouraged us. I might not have been here today had they not encouraged us and took us under their wing. And I could name some. Ballard Russell was our pastor at the time. Bill Crider used to have a radio broadcast on Sunday mornings over at Morristown, WCRK. He was a good preacher, man. Nothing else would do him but for us to come out there and sing on his broadcast on Sunday morning. And then he took us from there to Northside Baptist Church where he was the pastor and we sung during that service. And even that wasn't enough. He took us to his house and he fed us after church because he loved us and wanted to encourage us. We need to encourage our young people. They're going through a hard time and Satan would like to drag them all down. But if they'll bear their cross, you talk about a blessing. I want to see this church here thriving 20 years from now and they're a big part of it. Well, preacher, that's great for the young people. You may have been here all your life, but you've got a cross to bear too. If it's just a word to say, Jesus, save me right there. It'll bless the whole church. If it's some little something you do for the church, but you do your best and pour your heart out in it, that's bearing your cross for the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, there's no stopping there's no retirement there's no laying it down until we get to glory where's your cross is it on your back is it on the ground is it in the closet where's your cross
It's wonderful to have a church full of people, but if they all sit on the pew, what have you got? We need some crossbars. We need some people that's willing to tell our youngsters about the times they bore the cross and the blessings it brought. Bar your cross. That's the message. Somebody have a word on your heart. Somebody need to pray. Let me tell you where your cross is. It's right where you left it. And if you want to carry it again, you got to go back where you left it and pick it up. And if there's something in the way that's keeping you from getting to it, it's something you laid down in, in the way. It's not something the Lord put there. If there's a stumbling block there, it's something that we put there. He just wants us to get as close to him as, he, as we can get. All right. Anybody have anything on your heart you need to say or do? I love you. If you want to see a sinner saved Sunday morning, say amen. All it takes is us burning our cross. Our hearts and minds clear. Till Sunday morning at 10, you're at liberty.